Hey friends, what you're about to hear is a conversation with Rel. He's the lead designer of a game called Planetside 2, an MMO first-person shooter set in a sci-fi world that debuted in 2012 and in 2022 is still going strong. This will be Rel's third appearance on the podcast. The first time around, we talked all about how he went from being a Planetside creator to a Planetside developer, and all the way to being Planetside 2's lead developer in only a few years. Earlier this year, I asked Rel about the island continent of Osher, Planetside's first new major play space in over seven years, and learned about his big picture vision for 2022 and the future of Planetside. This time around, we're talking Outfit Wars. Outfit Wars is Planetside 2's premier competitive event that pits outfit versus outfit in a 48 versus 48 player conflict over the frozen Nexus subcontinent that's half chess match and half deathmatch. I've had the good fortune to be able to cast this season's Outfit Wars and the great pleasure of seeing a competition, a community, and a developer all come together to deliver what many have wanted from Planetside from the very beginning a chance at glory and bragging rights. In addition to Outfit Wars, Rel and I also chatted about life as a game dev, how to read between the lines of community feedback, the everyday planet-side debate of whether or not to kill spawn points, and some of Rel's hottest personal takes on the game and its community. As a final note, for those of you who aren't big fans of Rel, I get it. Being a Planetside fan has been really difficult at times. The game is 10 years old. Nobody's gotten here without scars, and we all want someone to blame. To those of you who are arriving at this conversation primed to seek out the flaws in Rail's arguments, I encourage you to carry on. Not because he deserves it, but because it's what I'm sure Rel wants. I've had the great privilege of getting to know Rel over the years, and I can confirm that he's just as human and fallible as any of us. But what makes him remarkable, in my eyes, and to borrow a phrase, isn't how hard he hits, but how hard he can get hit and keep moving forward. So thank you, Rel, for talking to me, for talking to us, for fighting for Planetside, and for making our community your priority. This is the Deeg Podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. And now, here's Rel. Rel, what's up, brother? Uh, not too much. <laughs> I'm all I just have, good. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. I have some questions. I'm a planet man, and I want to know why is Outfit Wars important for a game like Planetside? Well, we're just going to, okay, let's jump right into it. Damn straight. All right. Uh, so <laughs> taking on the topic of Outfit Wars, the um, I think that Outfit Wars is uh, important for our most veteran players, um, to be sure. There's been, you know, we're going on 10 years now of the game being being out and the the goals have since or like up to this point kind of been set by the players themselves um like you have to kind of make your own fun inside the sandbox kind of sandboxy right 
And uh, one thing that has been uh, asked for over the years is a sort of um, kind of a competitive format for uh, for the, the game. Or, I mean, even if you step it back just a little bit, something to fight for. And I think that Outfit Wars in itself um, creates a lot of community goals. So one thing about Planet Side 2 is that, you know, we have great outfits, at, well, guilds in, in most games, but, uh, mm-hmm, but outfits mm-hmm. in ours. Mm-hmm. That are communities of members led by, um, you know, sometimes like an infectious personality. Uh, other times it's a bunch of players just with a, you know, just like-minded kind of moving toward the, the same objective. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really cool thing. So Outfit Wars, I feel like, gives those sorts of players the ability to, I guess, like prove themselves, you know, to, to some degree. To kind yeah. of be motivated by something beyond just like unlocks or... Uh, tangible, more tangible rewards. Sure. Because there's sure. something to be said about like more the quantifying. feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, bragging rights is is more important than I think uh, is given um, credit for. Uh, oh, it's a lot so of important. So important. People are fighting over that every single day on Araxis, man. That's my perception of it. Every That's single one on one, like it boils all the way down to the simple one on one interactions. Like, oh, can't believe that guy got me and he used a freaking shotgun. What an asshole. You know, like these things are important. And we recognize when people behave ethically in that realm, when they don't behave ethically. Um, we have debates about what the best etiquette to engage in this sandbox looks like. You, know, you don't get that in a place where p- players' decisions don't matter. And uh, I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, and you, you bring up a really good point because there is this sort of like these undertones of the background just of like you when you see somebody's name that you recognize yeah it's like oh that's a good player right there's a there's value in sort of the reputation that you cultivate yeah by virtue of of playing you know this uh, very social experience mm-hmm. um but aside from the sandbox uh like you said kind of uh like you're not being directed to to do uh, mm-hmm. one thing or the next the um I mean, there's alerts, which are, yeah, they're an objective and they, they do give you like a satisfying um, end goal or like a, a conclusion at the, at the end of a match. But I think for outfit wars in particular, the, um, everybody is intending to there, there's like a social contract where everybody knows that this is the way that we need to play because mm-hmm. it's unlike the sandbox where it's just like, oh, it's alert time. And there is a goal players gen- generally pull toward it. You don't need to. Yeah. Right. So this, um, it's a totally different spirit. And I think one that has, has value not only from just the, the self sort of promotion and just that, you know, social, um, uh, back and forth and the bragging rights or, or whatnot, but also it's something that players can rally behind mm. when you see your friends up on screen, you know, by due to the great work of casters, actually, you had a lot of fun casting the event, yeah. uh, you, know, you told me last weekend. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Um, and it, I think that's something that the community can kind of like celebrate um, in without the need for developer assistance. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a community um, building element that's kind of just been given the framework uh, mm-hmm. in, in the game. Yeah, which seems to be sort of a foundational element of Planetside in general. It's like, here's here's the space for a fun time. Go make of it what you will. Totally. Yeah. 
we're 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 two week two weeks into the qualifiers for the next season of Outfit Wars. What do you think players have been making of it so far? Uh, there's certainly some rough edges uh, to be rounded out on the development side, uh, mm-hmm. in particular. the The first Outfit Wars was. Uh, or the, the first weekend rather was especially difficult to cast because uh, the HUD indicators were kind of jacked up and yeah. everybody had some growing pains there. I think for the most part, that's sorted out now, though there's mm-hmm. still some remaining issues that need to be tied up. Um, and, but when I talk to people who are participating in Nexus, they're having fun. Um, it's a it's a new, you know, unique experience. Everybody's trying to figure out what the meta is going to be. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of different openers, you know, um, with either galaxies or just all ESF or, you know, whatever balance or yeah, steel yeah. rain onto a particular oh, that's base. My favorite. So you, yeah. It's such a YOLO yeah. move, but it's so fun to watch. No, I didn't see it until the, until the second weekend, which uh-huh. maybe I just missed when other people are doing it. But, uh, but that... that's the one I saw. <laughs> I think it was go yeah. hard gaming against recursion. They did it and mm. they just are like going hard. <laughs> yeah. That stuff is it's really cool, um, and I, I think that there's a there's a level of play that is um, only it's mostly absent from from the majority of the, the sandbox outside of uh, the like the very end of alerts. So like mm-hmm. at, at the strategic level, you're you're kind of playing the alert timers and figuring out what bases need to be captured. Mm-hmm. Um, or which ones are off the clock, uh, but a lot of the times you're kind of reliant on other. Uh, platoons or just other outfits and kind of like you're hoping that they're pulling toward the same objective right but you distill that now in nexus and it's like you you have control of the entirety of of how this is going to go from Mm -hmm. from your side so the just the nuance between all the timers and how to fake people out that you're going for a base where to distribute distribute resources all that is incredibly uh, i think it has a high skill at a community level instead of just Mm -hmm. like just an individual level Mm -hmm. and that to me is it's just like a super cool um, thing that I think players, uh, veteran players who have you know been around for for a long time, or just really enjoy the competitive side um, of, of gameplay. You know, like our our Jaeger participants and, and those sorts of things. Right. I think those players are really having a good time with uh, with a certain or this particular format. Yeah, that's been my perception. It's a uh, it's been really really fun to watch and to cast too, as you mentioned. Um, and uh, one of the things I think I've noticed too, I'm, I'm listening very, very closely for not just what what the you know like the, the handful of really high powered outfits we can think of that that are likely to, to get, get into the playoffs and get into the final rounds, but also some of the other outfits. Like what are what are they thinking? Um, and are they having a good time? We've definitely seen some stomps, especially in the first one. Although we have seen some amazing, very even matches between some of those outfits. Um, and it kind of brings to mind the question of um, uh, why is head-to-head, what we're doing now in the Nexus season, 1v1, a uh, better format than the old 1v1v1 we had on Desolation in previous Outfit Wars? Why is it better? So better for some things, worse for others. Hmm. I think that in when it comes to what makes Planicide Planicide, um, a lot of people can kind of align that with the three faction large scale gameplay, mm-hmm. which I do believe that our first um, you know, few rounds of, of After Wars were kind of exemplifying. Um, mm-hmm. Construction was a, was a thing. Um, despite all the bases being um, 
the same, you know, donut uh, bases there on Desolation. The the ability to kind of like move around the map was a little bit more fluid, um, yeah. I would say. And then the strategies differed by, uh, by a larger uh, amount as well. I think if you were like good at construction, um, that would, I mean, <laughs> typically that doesn't really have a niche in the live gameplay, but w- does have a niche in that sort of competitive space. Right, right. With a with new format, got rid of it. Well, rather right. just didn't add it. Nexus really isn't set up to partake in that particular Yeah, it's pretty style locked down in terms of where the play spaces are. Right. Yeah, it was, um, like the it was developed. Hmm, yeah. Uh, yeah, that last base is a little bit more, more yeah. open. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, right, very uh, kind of choky, windy uh, routes to bases. Air superiority matters a lot, as it does um, in every um, Effort Wars to, to date. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the ground vehicle game is is a little bit more, actually a lot more absent, I would say, than on Desolation, uh, just because of the the lack of openness of, of space. Yeah. So to that end, um, less, there are aspects of it that are uh, less uh, intriguing, I would say, um, and kind of even um, move away from some skillful elements and kind of like focuses on uh, other aspects of the game. Would you say less complex? Uh, uh, certainly less complex. Okay. Uh, yeah, just by by virtue of stripping away some of the uh, potential avenues that you can use to participate right. or, or uh, you know take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely less complex. Don't a lot think of this game less... is way way less complicated when you when you only have two actors. Um, it just it's easier to understand what's happening. Right. Um, to that end, though, the the format is I would say better uh, overall when you're fighting against one faction it removes the possibility for uh it was referred to a lot as king making in mm. the um the the previous season of outfit wars mm-hmm. where players would or teams rather would compete for second place and the, the way that you do that is by making sure that you can gang up against one one outfit so that you ensure a loss sure that's not it's, it's not what we were looking for as far as the, the spirit mm-hmm. of competition was concerned mm-hmm. um when all those players exactly okay when all players were pulling toward the same objective then it created really interesting matches very fun to watch um lots of really close uh matches there at the end but as um as unfortunately the (laughs) the game modes flaws were further um emphasized by the players who were taking advantage of of that format Mm -hmm. uh it it became um clear that if we wanted to bring Outfit Wars back, it would need to be in a new format. Okay. I do think that there's there's ways to to make things a little bit better hmm. to, to that respect um, in in the, the 1v1v1 format. However, working on Outfit Wars in general is a massive investment of, of resources. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really make sense to kind of sort of hope that we fix a problem um, in the 1v1v1 format. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and attempted that way, it, it made more sense for us to to move back to something that uh, we knew could work. Mm-hmm. We removed the possibility of those really detrimental uh, mechanics, and um, and then hopefully find a foundation to build off of. Now that we're at a baseline, hopefully we're at mm-hmm. a baseline. I don't know. We'll see how the South of Wars unfolds, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Well, I've been I've been really enjoying it. Um, 
I haven't been playing, uh, although I had that, the option to do so. I decided that casting was a better contribution for me. Also, uh, probably a little more fun, if I'm totally honest. Uh, it's just such a hoot, uh, connecting with all the, the whole community and showcasing what people can do and trying to make a, a really great experience out of it for all the people who really want to see their game on platforms like YouTube and Twitch and don't always get a chance to see the best of it highlighted. So it's pretty exciting. I think there's a matchup coming up this weekend. Uh, as we're speaking, it's it's just between weeks two and three of the qualifying rounds. And we're seeing uh, on the Emerald server what looks like it may be like sort of a almost maybe a championship round preview where on Emerald, uh, Goblin Jumpers are taking on Recursion. A really high-powered match. I think a lot of people are going to be watching to see how that unfolds. Makes me think of like, um, you know, pitchers in baseball. Uh, to, in order to get through... An entire game, you have to go. You have to get every single player in the enemy lineup out three times. Nine nine batters times three, three outs per inning, nine innings. Right. And a lot of times, a starting pitcher will have one approach the first time through the order on nine batters, and then the second time through the order, they'll change something. They'll bring in a new pitch that they hadn't thrown at all since the start of the game. And I, I, I'm I'm hoping to see from recursion and goblin jumpers like a little bit of not just diversionary play within the match, but diversionary play within the outfit war, where they kind of leave some of their their trump cards uh, kind of in the deck um, before That'd they be, face each other again. That's interesting. I wonder, I wonder how many outfits actually have that. Yeah, you know, just like change up their their style of play to such a degree that it totally throws somebody off. Um, I would be I would be very interested. That's to, the kind of stuff that. If, yeah, it, it it excites me that possibility. That's cool. Yeah, if yeah. you if you do come across any of those matches, um, please let me know so I can I can rewatch them. I'll have to Let's do the start. retroactive analysis at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, with all this, um, I I, I can't I might have actually just even use this word a little bit ago, but uh, hot kind of a loaded term. Um, would you say outfit wars is competitive? Semi-competitive. What is Pseudo that? Pseudo-competitive. What does yeah, that yeah. mean? Uh, so, I mean, last last half of wars, uh, because of the the way that... I, I feel like it was because of the way that it was being conveyed via um, the people who were casting the events and or just speaking their piece kind of on the, the event. Competitive as a term was a little bit distorted beyond what our intention of that the term means. Sometimes people think, and actually Planicide 2 has a history way, way, way back of of trying to, or at least dipping their toes into like esports water. Yeah. So I think when people see that term, um, it is something that kind of jumps to mind. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But that's not our intention. Like competitive just means that it is something that you are competing for. There is mm -hmm. a, there's a set of rules. There is a, a win condition and there's a limited amount of winners. Uh, mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's kind of the, the spirit of play that we were going for. So uh, I kind of made it a point to avoid the term uh, competitive or even competition. Like you'll yeah. see uh, in a lot of the in a lot of the, the um, like articles and, and that sort of thing, we have referred to it as an event or a, a tournament, and deliberately to avoid that that word. I don't think it's just based on kind of the the feedback that I've seen. I don't think that um, the same sort of mentality is present this year. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we're like. We're good. People kind of get it um, after having run 
um, run through the events a few times. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it was definitely something that we contended with among plenty of other drama. Yeah. Plenty of other drama. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating, um, especially reflecting back on the prior outfit wars and the king-making stuff that happened. Like, I, I tend to, in my heart of heart, like when I'm sitting outside the game or like when I'm when I'm taking a break from it and when, when I'm reflecting back on Planet's side, like I kind of love the king-making stuff that happens in live, like in the live sandbox during alerts. Like, I kind of love that shit. It kind of makes the game the game it kind of makes planet side planet side and i i understand people when they if they look back at desolation and think oh well we had planet side before why are we getting away from that i think you made the argument and i agree with you uh why it made sense to move on to a 1v1 format i am sympathetic though to people who who prefer the old and i still i i i think maybe just to, to kind of posit a thought like it feels healthier to me as an enjoyer of planet side to have a differently textured experience like outfit wars is different than live and yeah you need to kind of people need to get used to it they need to kind of understand it and decide how they engage with it differently than they engage with live um but that intuitively feels like a healthy thing to have a different offering yeah i'd say so um, I think that because of the the style of play that Outfit Wars is um, is most conducive to, it brings out different uh, yeah, different um, maybe personalities. Certainly, different people um, are, have like more of an interest in, in certain types of, of gameplay mm -hmm. than than others. And uh, yeah, I would say it's it's certainly healthy, and but at the same time, not for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's actually a question that I have for you. But uh, before I get there, uh, I'm going to ask a couple more. Um, an outfit war is played by two outfits at platoon strength, which is four squads of 12, 48 players. Why is 48 players the right team size for outfit wars? So firstly, I don't know that it is. Um, <laughs> just to, to start. But it is something that's... Uh, is I mean, it goes back to to last year as well, but it is m most representative of the planetside experience. Mm -hmm. Like people connect uh, planetside to scale, as well as the three faction combat, as well as uh, combined arms. Those mm -hmm. are kind of the three main, um, just unique selling points of uh, this particular game. Right. And the uh, so we we try or are trying to to keep the experience kind of as large as possible while also making sure that there's enough players to to compete. I'm sure there's plenty of people who would love, you know, a 24 versus 24 or like a 12 versus 12 or like even a six versus sure. six. Sure. And those things were all possible, mm -hmm. you know, later on down the line. But we, again, need to establish a baseline. Um, and I think that Nexus in particular functions well with 48 versus 48. Mm -hmm. uh, I would, I almost want to, you know, want to see more uh, on the the map so that they're constantly kind of like fighting in different locations. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a. I mean, and, and that's a possibility for the future too. But how many mm. outfits can part partake in? Yeah, that, that's uh, a thing. Experience too, this right. larger. So it's a it's a balancing act um, for sure. And I think that one of the um, 
one of the determining factors of whether or not we uh, go larger or, or smaller is the interest um, and also the uh, weight against the burnout, because it is difficult for any outfit to coordinate uh, and ask for 48 players to you know, sacrifice uh, a couple hours of, of their time at a specific time. Um, and very, very few outfits, I would say, can, can do that uh, at, a, at, at like a constant so yeah we're we're seeing what shakes out mm. i'll be eager to see what does shake out you know i'm talking to a lot of people in the community about outfit wars and one of the questions i ask people is how often would you like to do this would you like to do it once a year twice a year four times a year what's your appetite like and usually usually people start to start to get hesitant around around twice a year like any more than that i think people are like my god how could we possibly how could we possibly because the burden is so heavy on leaders to really put in a huge amount of time to rally their troops um i led molten core raids back in the early days of world of warcraft and that was way easier than this and it sucked <laughs> um so i i sympathize with that and also um So yeah, um, as a someone in my position where I'm mainly doing commentary and casting, uh, I just want to see it more often, man. Because while this is happening, the planetside community shows up, right? Like you see faces you don't usually see, um, and yeah, it can have an effect on live, like live sandbox gameplay that can be a little hostile to solo or small squad players which I usually find myself in when I'm playing planet side. But um, it feels, uh, makes you feel sort of proud of the scene and of the game that the scene is uh, embedded with. Yeah, I dig that. Uh, watching players like cheer for, for one another mm -hmm. uh, or just even like kind of just the back and forth of, of people rooting for one team over over the other yeah. or seeing an upset you yes. know when, when things look look sealed it's it's exciting just as a you know an observer definitely it definitely feels like uh, community building and I, I think that you know outside of the the jaeger events mm -hmm. um and and server smash and and lane smash and uh, mm -hmm. just, you know, those, those great events. Um, we don't really have that, you know, something mm -hmm. that like built into the game. So mm -hmm. hopefully this is something that I, I feel like, you know, we'll gauge the burnout. Like you said, people start getting hesitant, Yeah, but could you keep see, those leaders uh, excited to come back? Cause if they don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's another thing, uh, too. I, I do think that, um, there's space for like show matches and stuff. Mm. If the commitment was less extreme. And a little bit more, I would say, like lighthearted, then you could probably get some similar vibes, you know, kind of just throughout sure. the year without the same sort of commitment. Mm -hmm. So I'd be personally interested in, in seeing that sort of thing too. And it gives you the opportunity to, to really, you know, up the scale if, mm -hmm. if there are fewer players or fewer outfits who are willing to compete, you know, totally fine. Just do like a show match between, you mm -hmm. know, some of the largest outfits and then everybody can, can you know, have, have their backs and stuff too. Totally, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, one of the a few leaders that I talked with have a, have communities that are very active in the Jaeger scene. Anyone doesn't know what Jaeger is? It, it, it's like a special event server. The community uses it to set up um, lane smash where two up. It's kind of do similar to what they do on Nexus, but instead of having a lattice, they it, they just go down one lane of bases and they smash. Uh, but um, you know, one of the things about this is this is such a small stupid thing, man. But I think one of the things that make that the Outfit Wars has as an edge on the Jaeger stuff and I, I know people are using their live characters where maybe they have a ton of, you know, like a, maybe they have everything or maybe they have nothing because they had to roll in a new server a month ahead of time or whatever the case is. But you see the names of the players. <laughs> and when you're watching these Jaeger events, I mean, there's people who have named accounts, but for the most part, it's, you know, PSBX 042X hashtag Z49. It's just like, who's this guy? Why should I care about him? But instead, when you see, oh, here's here's Medieval Welder from Recursion, I know who that is. Like, that's a very different story to tell uh, as a caster, and I think as, as someone watching it. I, I guess I'm excited about the spectatability uh, quite a lot now, now that I hear myself talk about it. Yeah, I hope that um, continues to, to hold up too. You know, Nexus is still really fresh for everybody. Mm -hmm. The the casting experience, I, I feel like um, just watching these matches and kind of knowing the nature of Nexus, how there's a lot of tighter spaces and uh, a lot of the combat takes place indoors, mm -hmm. it is more difficult to cast, I would say. Mm. Um, at least that's that's my take on it. Obviously, I am not casting the, the mm. events, but just the maneuvering from one base to the next, uh, it takes a little bit more um, work, and anytime you're kind of interrupting that that flow, you kind of have to like you know, reset and start over, and then figure out the story that's happening at, at this base, right? Like sure. if you move from one to the next. Where on Desolation, I think that you can kind of like just functionally, you can view things from further away. Mm -hmm. You can kind of get a, an understanding of the story as you approach the base uh, in an observer yeah. camp, exactly. Um, and I think that actually, you know, even because or the bases are simpler too. Mm, so very. because of that, like, you know, when people are inside, outside, you kind of have an expectation for how things will play out. Yeah. And I think that some of that um, simplicity actually um, bodes well for, for casting. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. you know, that, that sort of experience. Um, maybe there's some rose colored glasses, you know, sure, going on. Sure. I, I don't know, but, but we'll see um, how, how players kind of take to it over Definitely. the next, what, um, five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, four weeks. Whatever. We'll see. Yeah, we're going into the third now. So and, and people people won't be seeing this immediately. So this will be a very confusing back and forth for them. But um, you were mentioning how the donut bases are more spectatable, which I agree. I agree with. You just kind of fly over the top of them, and you instantly know what's going on at the point, who holds it, and what's going on like quickly. Um, one of the strengths, though, just to give you a kind of a devil's advocate counter argument for Nexus that I love, is that the bases are all individually identifiable. Now, yes, the there's um, the home and away bases are mirrored, so Argent Hold is the same as Slate Canyon, but it's easy to to go to Bitter Gorge and people know you're at Bitter Gorge, they know where you are. And also, they, they know how Bitter Gorge fights tend to play out, and they, they're different than fights over at Arizak SATCOM Hub. And uh, I don't know, I think that that makes it more interesting to watch. And um, 
I feel like sort of that I get more excited to see what outfits will do at each individual base. Cause if there's not, there's not a one size fits all. It's not like you just drop people on, on, on the relic point and you move people around and they redeploy and they drop in, um, which is exciting and fun, like high octane, but it's a little monochromatic at times. And, uh, it's like, well, there's a Sunderer over there. Like I see it that happens all the time on Nexus. It's like, what the heck is that spawn point doing there? Or they got a beacon where, and, uh, you know, it's just, um, it's, it has a little bit more variety. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. Um, and I think as the, as the, the casters watch the more fights unfold at these bases, there will be a more common like go-to strategy that I, I think people will just start to up. pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just even, you know, just at, at each individual base to where, maybe that hesitation won't be as uh, as visible i, I think there's um most folks are doing like an amazing job right now as is uh -huh. but that's yeah i i could definitely i would love to to go back to desolation at some point and huh. change up the the bases that are there you know just offer a little bit of variety because okay. the, the donut bases it's it's a very simple um design yeah yeah but uh I don't know. I think there's yeah, there's definitely some some argument to be had either way. Yeah, I could I could see those ro those rose tinted glasses. I could see Maybe them. a little bit. I could see them. Ah, well, desolation was a good time too. Um. Okay, so uh, we just talked about like uh, the forty eight player team size for Outfit Wars, what that does to communities. Um, I think that that kind of answers the question of who Outfit Wars is for. You know, it's for the community players, for people who are coming together, social experience. Um, but I wonder if we could ask the opposite. Uh, who is Outfit Wars not for? I've seen a lot of um, uh, just kind of whenever we talk about Outfit Wars, I'll see some subset of players be bemoaning the, um, the high population size hmm. uh, or requirement rather. Mm -hmm. And... And that's fine. Totally get it. There's a desire to operate at a smaller scale, um, less friction involved uh, in, in doing so, easier to coordinate. All of that is totally valid. Um, but that's later. <laughs> you know, like, can't can't have it now. Every kind of uh, update has been baby steps toward uh, hopefully something that's stable that we can kind of like just turn on and then it, then it goes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. once we have that down, um, we're free to experiment with... Um, with different um, sorts of formats and, and so on. But I would say that uh, as far as the the actual like player archetypes too, mm -hmm. I, I've seen plenty of players who are just disinterested in, in playing in Outfit Wars because there isn't construction or because there isn't, you know, more combined arms gameplay hmm. uh, because of Nexus in particular, that, you know, this, this mm -hmm. new very in, infantry focused, well, and air, I guess, uh, focused map. So uh it's again it's not for for everybody and i don't think anything in the game can be for everyone you just yeah. hear different sides of the the argument you know mm -hmm. regardless mm -hmm. of what decision you make yeah and it seemed like the i can't talk about desolation apparently like that was sort of like a like a for everyone as much as possible in terms of, like every game play style seemed to have a place there um and i i wonder sometimes if that if that's part of what made 
it's so um, divisive because uh, it wasn't narrowed down enough from the beginning uh, for people to understand what to get out of it and easily arrive at a social contract. A word that I've heard you use and I, t I think totally does exist. And as, as well as, uh, you know, what the other way to put it, which is the code of conduct, spoken or unspoken. What do you think the biggest issues facing outfit warriors in Planet Side 2 is? And on the other side, what are the biggest issues facing players who have opted out from Outfit Wars? And I'm talking about as a Planet Side player, high level. I'll Might see. be too broad of um, a question. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I if I understand what you're you're asking, um, then maybe. So I'll say that there's a. We wanted to make sure not to drain the sandbox, you know, mm. of, of players, because that anytime you have an event like this that actively takes players away, the game becomes less fun for those who, who are, you know, there who who are not participating. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that um, this uh, these events are just like everything is kind of linked. Um, you know, sometimes in in Planet Side Two, the the cost of or like fun for one person comes at the cost of the of another. Yeah. and I think to Usually, some degree, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess it depends on uh, which side of the the tank cannon you're on. Yeah, um, but the yeah, I, I think that's that's probably a, kind of a a shared um, burden, uh, but I guess mostly lays on on those who don't participate in outfit wars. And then there's mm -hmm. also some like like feeling I'm missing out stuff, or maybe even just like the tangible rewards. Like, oh, that's a cool reward. I wish I could you know get that sure. sort of thing. Yeah. Um. It's it's always a little bit tricky uh, how much you want to uh, to externally motivate players versus yeah, uh, you know kind of like all intrinsically motivate them, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, um, and the outfit war players uh, themselves, I feel like I, Nexus is very new right now. I hope that it continues to be interesting throughout the entirety of the outfit wars. I do feel like there, um, you know, we spoke about some of the advantages and disadvantages of, mm -hmm. of Nexus versus um versus desolation and i'd be interested to know kind of like what this format yields as far as uh disinterest hmm. um you know how how quickly do do players burn out on it how quickly is a meta determined um mm -hmm. and just does it become unfun uh, to play against it uh once the, right. the optimal strategy is you know discovered because those sorts of things um mean that either we as developers need to keep shaking up the experience to make it so you're constantly learning uh, or, well, or you suffer through it, and then hope that there's enough engagement and uh, like a like a burnout to to keep it going. But hmm. uh, all these sorts of things we need to pay attention to, and and react to as um, as is pertinent. Yeah, definitely. That makes me want to ask you uh, a bigger a question that's not here on my list, and uh, let me know if you want to answer it. Um, how much of the job that you do, lead designer, Planet Side 2, is proactive and how much of it is reactive, would you say? I would say that the majority, the vast majority, is proactive. Mm -hmm. Because in order to turn any sort of update around, it takes time, you know, just to plan, execute, QA, 
and and then I mean hopefully you know uh, respond or hopefully not have to do like day one hot fixes mm-hmm. um, yeah after the fact mm-hmm. um, so yeah proactive in that regards and even when when it comes to kind of the the planning like we do that by uh, so we, we intend to do it by the year to where like okay this is the year that's coming up here's all the mm-hmm. things we want to do mm-hmm. and then the reality sets in to where like oh life happens so you need to kind of like readjust you know right. pivot, course correct what have you and um and that i would say is is reactive not necessarily to the, the players themselves but to kind of the circumstances that we're beholden to in just developing the game sure sure i'm uh, thinking about the the year of content uh, back in February this year, we had a conversation about the roadmap that y'all published for 2022. And you said, I think this is, I think you said something like, this is going to be the year that we get everything on the roadmap done. I wonder how you feel about that now, sitting here in Man, that's uh, not going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Were no you way. foolish Unfor- or were you hopeful back then? Uh, I would certainly say that I'm always hopeful and also foolish um, mm. most of the okay. time. Okay. But uh, no, we definitely had the had the potential to do to get everything done. I think that we we hit some roadblocks um, multiple times throughout the the year, and maybe that's where the foolishness comes in. Is that uh, rarely is there enough uh, of an adequate anticipation of the unexpected. So you know when player or players when uh, when team members you know have a life event that mm-hmm. yeah take time off you know it go you handle your stuff life always is always first yeah um that uh you know the the repercussions are like yeah things slow down when an update uh needs multiple hotfixes that we're scrambling to to take care of uh multiple times over yeah things slow down um it has compounding impact like throughout the year and that's why you'll see us uh pivot maybe a little bit too late um i would say sort of you know at, at the the latter uh, portion um, of the year. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're trying to create space, obviously, as the as the letter yeah. mentioned. But I, I also wonder. Uh, it's it's always a, a tricky place to be because there's like an expectation that is, you know, in set or set in part by us, with a with a roadmap saying like, okay, we're going to do all this cool stuff this year. Um, but then there's also an expectation uh, that the community has. And I'm, I'm unclear. Uh, this is the part that I'm still kind of like discovering, is is how much we are expected to to deliver um, in in a year to to maintain a, a constant uh, cadence. Hmm. So if I mean I'm not talking. You mean a lot in terms here. of the set expectations, or in terms of just like how what's the right cadence for any kind of update? Like what's what are you saying? I would say um, what the what is the the general? I mean, there is so speaking of community expectation is like yeah. that's you know everything's all across the board, right? Yeah, of course. But um, but I wonder what the I guess I would say like the, the healthy uh, volume of content would be for for this game. Uh-huh. We have a level of ambition where it's just like okay, we're gonna do awesome stuff. Just go 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 go. Yeah, and and I love that. Um, uh-huh. It's also super not fun um when you're like caught on the tail end of it and like trying to play mm-hmm. catch up which is where we're at now mm-hmm. um but uh but i i did i released the the roadmap at the start of this year thinking 
just with uh, internal expectations that like, oh, this isn't enough. You know, players uh. aren't going to like the there's not like enough that's actually being done here that the players can like really um, hold on to. And then when we revealed it publicly, it was like, Oh wow, they're doing so much this year. This is awesome. I'm super excited about this. So my expectations for like, you know, do more, be ambitious, you Mm -hmm. know, get after it. uh, Didn't align with at least the, the, the perception that the community was, was offering at the time. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's definitely I would say like something that I'm I'm learning more about is just figuring out kind of the the right cadence. Right, right. I imagine it's complicated because you have a game where the main content anyone is consuming at any given time are is, is other people. It's an entirely social game, PvP cooperation. It's not like you're putting in a horde mode, and you know how much how much people are going to want to play that. It's it's. Did my friends log in tonight? Maybe that's more important than any other thing about Planet Side Two, about whether I'm going to play it tonight. Uh, it certainly figures yeah. into it for me. No, I'd say for many people, for sure. That's that's a, a sentiment that's echoed. I mean, you can look on Reddit right now and see posts about people, you know, saying that oh, you know, late night is not fun. You know, <laughs> this is awful. Uh, late night Emerald just... is is wild, man. It is wild. I don't know about the wild other servers. How? Because people from all over the world are connecting to it. And you, you see a, a planet-side cultural melting pot that you don't see, I think, anywhere else in the game. Um, I mean, it, it it can make some big-ish fights at times, but it, it's uh, a lot of the interactions just because of, of like ping and stuff like that are like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> and, and also, the um, you know, I think the different servers... Ha- a lot of times hold a host different play styles and sometimes you see things that uh they don't they don't feel like they came from emerald so it's a little different that's interesting um yeah something that uh you see a lot on like uh i can't remember if it's miller or cobalt or maybe both but like infiltrator mm. play mm. with bolters way higher than um than like heavy assault play on <laughs> i totally on see that at night totally see that at night and it's, that's yeah. early morning in that side of the world yeah i, I wonder how much of it is uh, yeah no the community culture i i imagine um dictates a, a lot especially since like it is a sandbox do yeah. whatever your heart you know is, is telling you to, to do right. uh yeah that's that's interesting for sure but the um so like uh our game is is so unique in that the number of players playing uh, determines like the number of players playing to where like the game mm. is more fun when there's more fun or like when there's more people um, yeah. to have fun with, right? Yeah. So you see the um, the example of how things can kind of go um, the other direction with servers like Soltech, with servers like Conray, even mm. which is quite small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, having to let's say design around that is, is one of the most challenging parts of, uh, of planet side too. I mean, not, not that there's any shortage of them, uh, designing for three faction warfare is, uh, or for now actually is, um, is difficulty right. or difficult in itself. Just like the, uh, imagine releasing a, uh, saying like, okay, you want to create a, a bunch of new weapons, but they're, they're only for one faction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> just like 
well, you can't do that. So we, since we have four yeah. factions now, we need to kind of like say, okay, well, you know, here's the multiple months we're going to invest in for this one new weapon for each, you know, equivalent. Uh, right, like faction. all the anti-material rifles that just came out, and now all the all, all the tank guns. You, you can't just make a Vanu tank gun. Right. Yeah, that sort of thing is um is some of those costs that aren't. Uh, you know readily visible by the by the players yeah um so there's just like a lot of like secret costs and design considerations that you need to to make and that's uh part of the challenge i would say certainly of, uh, sure. of developing a, a game like this sure sure yeah i have no idea what the question was originally that's okay i like where it went i don't remember the question either i'm sure it was a great one though <laughs> as they all are um Okay. Okay. So you you touched on the the September post about kind of taking a breather, reevaluating. Um, what is what does that mean? What what can what does that mean for Planet Side Two for the rest of twenty twenty two? I would say the so creating space is is the the term that I tend to, to use most often mm -hmm. because uh, you you certainly want more room to you know develop uh, kind of let your um, your updates sit for a little bit you know we don't use the test servers as often as we should uh, why I don't is think that anybody has any delusions about that can I ask it's that? a timeline thing oh yeah no just it comes down to time uh-huh you know when you have a a so there's there's certain points um, that you want to release certain updates mm -hmm. and you are regardless of like, this isn't an upper management thing. It's not, um, it's like we, we are fully in control of this. However, there are, uh, in order to, to have a successful update, it has to have a certain length of time to where you are uh, talking about it with, with the community so that mm -hmm. there is um, sort of anticipation hype buildup and then an eventual uh, release of, of the content, right? Mm -hmm. um, that cadence is, is super important. Uh, actually, I'd say super important, despite not, not hitting it um, nearly as often as we should be. Uh, so that um, knowing that, we try to target specific days of the, of the calendar month, um, or sometimes we need to uh, kind of operate around if we have uh, other departments of the the company doing like backend infrastructure and that sort of thing, just we sure. need to you know, operate around that, and right. it compresses timetables whenever we miss something or whenever things aren't moving quickly right. enough. And if the if that hype train is already in motion, mm. sometimes you have no choice, or at least it feels as if you have no choice sometimes than mm. to deliver. And while the sentiment is typically, yeah, take your time, you know, we don't mind it being pushed back. What I see reflected in the numbers is a different story. Mm. Uh, and that is something that, again, one of those kind of like behind the scenes decisions that are like behind the scenes uh, environmental factors sure. that contribute to to the, the update cadence. So to counter that, um, kind of need to just, just take a hit. And September is, and firstly, um, one that... Uh, is, is that hit, you know, we had intended for tank cannons to, to come out, um, at this point, uh, what day is it? 13. Uh, they would be coming out tomorrow, hmm. um, in an ideal, uh, world. Got it. However, there has not been enough time to like, let those changes, I would say soak, um, not enough time to 
uh, you know, I wanted to try to like throw out some some VS variants because there was some general dissatisfaction with just how boring the sure. weapon is. Yeah, you know, just that sort of thing. I heard, and I heard that. yeah, having that room to uh, to iterate is something that you need to like create space for. Um, having room to just like react to uh, sentiment um, is again something that you need to create space for, and it comes at cost. Mm. And, and that is a cost that the community is willing to accept, but the game needs to balance against because you have yeah. the needs of the community, the needs of the team, and then also the needs of the, the company uh, sure. to, to consider all at the same time. Now that the anecdote you shared about people's verbal sentiments when it comes to, you know, just release it when it's ready is are maybe in conflict with actual player behaviors is an interesting one for me. Um, I, I think I, uh, there's this blog called uh, Ask a Game Dev. I think they're anonymous. I haven't been able to figure out who they are. But they post a lot of great, like, uh, let me tell gamers about how game dev actually works. You know? And one of the things that he wrote a blog about, or he or she uh, wrote a blog about, was uh, an eight, the 8025 rule they use for, game de for, for gamer populations. And it's, it's something like this. Um, 80% of the people who play your game won't ever consume social media about it. They just play the game. Of the remaining 20% of social media consumers about your game, only 5% out of the bigger 100 will actually tell you what they think. They'll actually contribute to the social media conversation. So when you're hearing from people saying, um, take your time, it's maybe just from that that five percent. Does does that kind of slice reflect anything you've seen about this community? I would say so. Um, maybe not those particular values, but it can't be that far off. Uh -huh. You know, we only have like there's a finite number of uh, people at least contributing on Reddit. You can do the math so from, like, from like Steam, from like Steam charts and like Reddit comments. Yeah. and like you, you could do the math. For sure, yeah, totally. Um, haven't just full disclosure, but uh, but that that jives for sure. It's uh, it's always difficult to kind of distill um, uh, feedback into what is what is noise and then what is uh, legitimate um, need or uh, right. or desire. And that's um, certainly one of my uh, my more pressing jobs, I would say. Sure, sure. Yeah, here's the, the question I've written down that sounds a little bit like what you're talking about. It's about hot takes. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, everyone loves a good hot take about Planet Side 2. Let me tell you my favorite hot take at the moment. My favorite personal biased hot take. Delete Heavy Assault. That's my that's my hot take for Planet Side 2. It needs to go. I love that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, Okay. okay, you want to hear my hot take? Please. Well, okay, so one of them, one of many of them. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say, so just to, to riff off of that one in particular. All right. I th I think that, and not to, to beat up on, on Heavy Assault more, but also okay. to guess Please too. Please do though, I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> um, is, is that uh, Heavy Assault is the most uh, uh, guarded class when it comes to don't touch my play style. Um, than than any other, hmm. and um, there is a, certainly a 
like a woe is me victim complex. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen it rationalized in many different ways. Like, oh no, you can't nerf heavy because the ecosystem, then you won't be able to fight vehicles and that sure. sort of thing. It's what treated is the as like the 1.0 of... value in the false, in, 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 in the force multiplier universe by a lot of the community, especially people who yeah. love playing heavy assault. I, so my, um, I, I would be very interested in seeing uh, the, the heavy assault uh, be totally restructured. And at this point, I don't think you could really do it and yeah. then also not make people cry at the same time. But um, it would be interesting to uh, have the heavy assault be a class that protects from explosives. So like, you know, they activate their shield. Everybody's like um, just, you know, protected from vehicles specifically. And infantry mm -hmm. doesn't do nothing. Mm. <laughs> it's like, like there's no, you know, extra layer of, of health. Uh, that, that sort of thing, you know, people had such a... Uh, More active. Many opinions like defenses, more active support defenses instead of, you know, the passive like shield kind of idea. Uh, right. I mean, you know, the, the shield is uh, is active too, uh, but it's, it's mostly it, it is, against but infantry, it... right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's instinctual almost. Just like, oh no, I actually have a, twice as much health as you. It's not twice as much. Um, yeah. I have, you know, an extra layer of, of health. So right. when these players lament the the use of... Okay, I don't want to target the players. I'm sorry. Oh, man, uh, this is when good. I hear a lamentation about Nanoweave, just as an example, it's just like, okay. oh, this is killing the game. Uh, you know, just extra health. People are going to take it every time. Just like, hmm, what does that sound like? Oh, it sounds actually a lot like this other class that you have over here that can do that just uh, for free. Yeah. Um, but it's like, no, 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 no. Don't touch that. That's not the problem. Uh, it's this other thing over here. Uh, yeah, that, that sort of thing I see a lot. Um, so that, that's my my hot take, at least one of them. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, what what other hot takes have you got? Oh, no. Um, yeah, I probably had to think about it for at least a wee bit, but... What about I, I infiltrators? Think... Give me your hot take on infiltrators. Um, infiltrators, class I, I by think. Class. Oh, okay. Why not? <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? That, that'd be fun. Um, infiltrators, I think, could stand to. So, I I don't have the same sort of, of opinion about infiltrator as I think many uh, players who have problems with that class is invisible one shot kill class. I think that it's fine to do that personally. That's I do thing. think that it could be could be different. You can kind of take mm. it or leave it. Mm. Um, there is something to be said about kind of the, okay, so how how I would prefer to address the problem personally hmm. is is not an ideal way for uh, in in the eyes of, of many. Um, so is this the, the, the perspective of Rel the planet side player or of Rel the planet side developer? Is there a difference? Oh, that I I think that it's it's mostly in the realm of a player. Okay, because okay. I don't have an attachment to I don't I don't have the same sort of attachment to classes that. That many people seem to. Huh. I'm very much like play whatever, do whatever. I think yeah, there's yeah. some perception that I'm a light assault main, but that's totally not true. Look at my playtime; it's mostly on engineer. Yeah. Um, I play yeah. engineer as an assault class, and I, yeah. I have always done that. Mm -hmm. uh, boggles my mind. Um, there's a perception the, that you're a light assault guy, though. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I, I love me some tribes, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I have certainly, you know, made the light assault class more useful. I, I feel like in. Uh, in some situations over the years, but I feel um, like from a lot of the same people who I'll go back to Infiltrator in a second. I love Light Assault. I feel like uh, like I, I I hear the same the same people who defend Heavy Assault. I hear negative feedback about the Light Assault all the time, especially like 
Why is all got impulse grenades? They shouldn't be able to warp around. That's bullshit. Integrity of my game. Uh, and I also hear things like uh, rocket rifles. What the hell? They shouldn't be able to kill vehicles. Like they they can fly. Um, and of course they've had C4 all this time, so I I, I don't know. Um, and uh, what do you think about that? Oh, you want me to uh, to talk about the the light assault? Do you want me to talk about infiltrator? <sighs> we can get back to infiltrator. Let's talk about light assault. <laughs> okay. Um, oh wait, let's talk about light assault. This is my podcast, after all. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about light assault. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so light assault, I feel like, is a perfect class. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> all uh, according to script. <laughs> right. Now the um, the conversation surrounding rocket rifle, I think, is a little bit interesting. Um, because the there, there's a few issues I would say uh, that people tend to, to take. The first is bail assault. So like you're flying an ESF and then you know you don't engage in the same bushido as as the person who is trying to gun you down. Yeah, you know, light assault bails you out. You don't go down with the ship. Gets, right. Um, that's nobody has agreed to that contract. Uh, yeah. You know, or else they wouldn't be flying around like that. Also, there's um, just not that much air to air in the game, any sadly. Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, mm. Actually, I you know I, I kind of rebuke that perception too because I see okay. error all all the time. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's the same sort of like level of just like oh yeah no highway to the danger zone, um, you know, dog <laughs> fighting each other and <laughs> yeah, maybe. but uh, maybe some of that's missing and maybe some of that's what's um, desired most of the time. Fair enough. Like I can I can turn on the stream and then see you know whoever uh, just ripping around in the vehicle and like seeing plenty of vehicle gameplay, seeing plenty of uh, you know be it air ground or um, yeah. somewhere in between yeah it's it's very present um yeah i do think that you have to look for it though mm. uh, in most cases that was the thing that got me um, really excited about planet side one in the first place i was like okay it can be infantry man in a persistent like mmo world that's kind of cool oh shit i can hop into a tank and and someone else can drive it and i can gun it that blew my mind man my mind still blows my mind a little I, bit i really like that too yeah, I wish more folks would jump into passenger seats of, uh, of vehicles, either mm -hmm. as transportation or you know on the gunner seat. It's it's a great experience for um, new players in particular, and I don't know, and just like relaxing a little bit. You know, you always I feel like, like you're too. doing something. Yeah, because you're like you get the hit markers, and you know you see ah, oh, there's a target over there. You know, you don't have the the fear of just instant death. At least, yes. I mean, uh, sometimes maybe if there's like a, a light assault, it'll surprise yeah, you. Tank but mines. that's yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's that's a rarity compared to just the the bulk of what um you know right. that that gameplay is. It's like the infantry where where your life can end literally any moment. It's it's a little more yeah, yeah right yeah. Um, so anyway, light assault. Yeah, light assault. <laughs> so you you were saying people that there's an argument about people bailing out of out and finishing off their air opponents with rocket rifles, which you're right. I I can see how people wouldn't like that. Right, and then the the next one is Sunderers. So this one is, I think, um, I don't think that taking away the rocket rifle is the the way to to address this particular problem. Light assault really has no functional uh, team play value, which is why they were given like a you know uh, a rocket rifle in the first place, just so yeah. that they could provide a little bit more support uh, mm. to that end as an um, assault class. Right, exactly. Uh, so basically, you have the trade off with you know heavy bulky you're less maneuverable um but um you know a little bit of a meat shield or you trade that for for mobility right that's mm -hmm. uh, kind of how it goes and that's why the rocket rifle is it like it is something that you need to get very close to your your enemies mm -hmm. to to use effectively yeah uh 
so I mean, when it comes to the the Sunderer nuking and or, you know, and that sort of thing, I think that there's ways to address that, but I don't think that they live in the realm of uh, nerfing light assault necessarily. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, making Sunderer uh, deployment shield stronger is, is one that's kind of been you know, touted as a is a solution um, by many people over uh, many years at this point, right. and it it'll only shift the the goalposts honestly between the community conversation like you'll still see it and see sunders get destroyed probably just as easy even if you were yeah. to um you know bulk that that, yeah. uh, that vehicle up i mean i for what it's worth I, I tend to see this 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 debate of um kill the sunderer or not kill the sunderer it, it, it's sort of at a hinge point in terms of the way people play planet side um and if that's what you're referring to is, is that what you're referring to can you talk about killing uh, sunders? Uh, I mean, yeah, killing sunders in general. Yeah, um, in you know, general. Because we know that it's needed as a spawn point. Yeah. So kill the fight. Do that as taboo. Kill the fight, or or so it's it's either play the map and destroy the spawn point, or play the fight and preserve the spawn point. That's the tension. Right. Yeah. That definitely speaks to the the two like main community mindsets uh, mm-hmm. in this game, which is another fun and interesting uh, design challenge. I don't say that sarcastically. I, I really enjoy um, trying to design around it. However, I, I do think that the uh, the majority of gameplay should be like, yeah, you should go try to win the map. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do feel like that that's the the mentality that should win out because realistically, the fights are going to end up in another spot on the map they will naturally do that the game is designed to to do that i think the spawn system is maybe throwing a little bit of a wrench in, into those plans uh lately just with the population imbalances but for the most part uh this minor disruption in in your gameplay uh for those players who specifically like to they need that their combat fix at every single moment uh that is i, I think the people that, that here for the shooter the, part of planet side for the first person that's not... shooter. That's right. the language I hear I hear a lot of those gamers use. Right or wrong. Uh no, that's, that's correct. I, I see that within the community a lot. Yeah, However, I, yeah. I don't think that that's the experience that we need to slow down the tempo. Mm. That's that's my perspective. Maybe that's the hottest of hot takes. Yeah, I think it might be actually. It takes me back to when when we talked in February. Remember, I gave you my whole pitch about big planet side versus little planet side. You remember that? Yeah. So for people who weren't there, and by the way, go back and watch that conversation. It was a great conversation. Um, so uh, big planet side, play the map. You know, move squads around, color in the map your color, win the alert. Little planet side, enjoy the fight, frag out, pick a spot and. Be content. Stay in your biolab for the entire alert. You know, work on your headshots. Try a different infantry build than what you're used to. Maybe test out a different kind of heavy assault shield or an implant. Little planet side. And the tension between those two things is being important. Um, well, do you think the tension between, between those is important? Would you agree with that? I, in an ideal situation, okay. uh, you would be playing the map and having your fun fights at the same time. Okay, that sounds nice. Why can't we have creating, 
<laughs> I, I don't think that you can't have that. I do think that you need to like, like wait for dessert. You know, uh, if uh, there's I, this, I, um, I like that actually. Say more. Yeah. The uh, so the mentality that just like oh there's no like there's no fights going on and I there's no fights. Players will, yeah. Players will open the map and they'll see like all the the blips and just like on oh, a crap fight, crap fight, crap fight. Um, uh-huh. That alienates some of the the essence of Planetside too, in my opinion. Um, mm. So there is like a different kind of game that is meant to be played there. Mm-hmm. When if you would actually kind of just like slow down a little bit and embrace the moving to the next base, the the actual like um, creation of the the fights, even yeah, yeah, um, the game would be better as a whole. Like for well, I, I I guess I can't speak to the the players who you know really enjoy that um, sort of like nitty gritty play, but I I do think that the the just super intense infantry i need to fight all the time or else the game sucks like that sort of mentality comes at cost to i would say the average player who is who is playing the map um you know playing the the planet side the way that it was kind of intended to be you think that's the average planet side player oh absolutely okay is that like a impression that's backed up by feedback by data like where's where's that kind of come from so i I would say that not hard data. I would well, actually, I can't even say that. So, like, if you look at um, uh, just a a map, just a a map in Planet Side Two, okay. fights are generated, right, by someone. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to go starting there, you know, and then everybody's got to kind of like jump in. And yeah. if you if you do slow it down and watch, players move from one base to the next. They don't all redeploy. There is right. a natural flow, and under most in most cases okay um there are some spaces where uh you know you'll see um you know squads that are just like um you're redeploying around the map and playing very intensely and that's a you know kind of an aspect of the game that that totally exists um and they'll redeploy out and then your population will as groups though but they're they're still trying to to color the map they're just using redeploys like like an air vehicle it's just one of their tools right and and that um to that degree even um like you said they're, they're playing the map so they are they're optimizing the the intended I would say that they're optimizing the intended uh, gameplay. So they're they're taking the intended uh, experience and then playing it at a higher level in that respect. They okay. are playing a different game. Uh, they're not you know just playing for the the fights and just like you know screw everything else or just playing to get away from the the tanks. Sure. Um, yeah. This is. No, I, this is very, very hot take territory, but hopefully this is this is the good yeah. stuff, though, man. Does, um, it, does it make sense though? Like, yeah, I think? get it. I get it. I actually have a retort for you um, in a second, but uh, I, I want to share that um, I uh, I played uh, alongside Bushido Way for a little while. B Way, one of the top top outfits on Emerald, uh, a couple years ago. Um, really cool people, really skilled players. They're like they take seriously. Um, playing the alert and they take seriously individual uh, individual skill i think that they're one of the outfits out there that really embraces like for whom outfit wars is most for because they take seriously the danger of 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 making sure everyone individually is accountable and is playing at their best and contributing and also the danger of making sure the group as a whole is oriented correctly to uh enjoy planet side and uh, sometimes it's just like, 
okay, we're gonna all go here. We're gonna we're gonna do this thing. We're gonna sit on the point and make sure no one else comes. We're gonna just pop dump this. Like that does happen. Um, but also sometimes they're just like, okay, we're just gonna go frag out at this bio lab for a little while. Like there's a little bit of both, a little bit of balance, a little bit of tension. Um, so I recognize that, and um, I, I I tend to think that when you look at the broad spectrum of players who take on planet side as a hobby um at the opposite i think the opposite extremes tend to get most of the of, of the ink um where it's like on the one extreme you have the completely lone wolf solo infantry player who just wants their fights and doesn't play if there aren't any and they're not, probably not going to make them right and the the fall that you know the 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 fallacy of the extreme plays in here in that that is an extreme but the truth is there aren't that many people who are that extreme about it and the other extreme is i don't care about the fights i'm just here to roll in my prowler down a lane with as many people as i possibly can no matter what like that's i think that is an opposite extreme too and somewhere in the middle is is a, is a reconciliation of those two qualities uh, I'm here for me versus I'm here for us. Now, that's just my philosophy. I'm just going to say that out loud because I feel like I want to. My podcast. Anyway, um, <laughs> you said a few moments ago that um, you felt that players who, in an organized fashion, were using redeploy to uh, play the map were doing it right. And we're doing it the way a lot of other people do. Maybe the way players in the, that Prowler column do. But at a at a more intense level, they're 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 optimizing more directly for the map outcome. Um, I think that's fair to say, and you said that that's that's okay, that's legit. Um, the the point I wanted to make, and I'm not sure if I can eloquently connect it with what you said because we've said so much, is something about how. Is something about how? Oh, here's what it is. Sorry, had to fish. Got it now. The critique of the classic on the extreme solo infantry player who doesn't want to create fights. And you said how good it is, healthy it is to for the player to decide to create fights. It's something that they should do. They should get into a Sunderer, move things around, join in a public squad, maybe jump in someone else's Sunderer, whatever that can look like, galaxy drop, stuff like that. Drop a beacon, whatever. Um, and I agree with that. And I think that I kind of put myself in the shoes of, of one of those extreme players, and I know a few. Um, and in my head, what I hear them saying back to me is, if you're going to ask me to play vehicles and play the map, then we should also ask, then we need to also ask the, the same quality of challenge to people on the other side of the spectrum and don't allow them to sit in a vehicle 100% of the time and treat force multipliers in a more balanced sense instead of treating them as like a, an enshrined play style. That's a critique that I hear. And I feel like it's it's almost exactly on the opposite point of the graph from the critique of you shouldn't just go to fights, you should make fights. Okay. Does that make so any sense? I'll, it it does. 
It does. Though, I'll say that um, it maybe doesn't make sense to to try to like unbudge the players who are playing the like the mini game. Like you said, extreme side of the uh, yeah the spectrum over there. It because those players obviously have something that they want to do. It just doesn't fit into what the game is intending that they do. Uh, which is why I think that it comes at cost to some of the other um, gameplay elements. Uh, one of the... Uh, so we do have a, a small vocal community. And the the number of players who who are very vocal to that end, just like, you know, the fights are garbage, need, you know, the constant, um, you know, acceleration of uh, infantry-only uh, gameplay, mm-hmm. they... That is sort of a is a very loud notion within a very small community. Sure. Um, and it it's a I mean the, I would say that there's mostly like a handful of people who who take it to uh, to extremes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think maybe that's maybe that's where the kind of the the detriment comes in. Um, I don't know. Maybe for the community as a whole the game as a whole i don't know i don't know i i'm i'm still like i'm working through some things um yeah. in my in my head but uh but i would say that the uh the force multiplier thing like a, instead of treating it like an enshrine uh play style mm-hmm. i think that was a decision that was made long ago uh to where force multipliers in in this game like you had two choices make them more limited but more powerful mm-hmm. um or at the very least less easy to destroy or go okay. the other direction where make it so they're more prom or um, available right. yet make them easier to destroy hmm. that. Um, so that's the direction that we ultimately went, right? You see, yeah, everybody has the ability to pull force multipliers. Mm-hmm. I think that um, with that being the case, but they're not, I win buttons. No, they're, they're not. I win buttons. And in mm-hmm. fact, you know, players complain about, Oh, well, I mean, you, you see complaints on, on both sides of the, the fence, but, um, sure. But there's definitely like a feeling from vehicle players. Oftentimes that you like an infantry player charges at you, you know, instead of uh, running the other direction, mm-hmm. which, um, is me. true. Uh, <laughs> right. Because you should, um, yeah. the, there's a reason that vehicles are intended to stay at like further distances from, from the bases. One of my so favorite things those... to do is in my light assault, load up with c4 and impulse grenades and, and hunt lightnings i i, I see them in the middle of the field i run at them they get excited start going towards me and then i impulse grenade and they're like oh shit <laughs> he's coming for me panic usually i can't catch them because they can pivot faster than i can when i'm impulse surfing but it's fun to try yeah uh you know, so on the topic of force multipliers are real quick though yeah um what if everybody used them? Okay. How, how how different would the game be if if everybody took every advantage that they could, the one that's being provided to them? Hmm. Uh, would would the game be, you know, um, more than? Uh, or do you think that uh, infantry play, for the sake of infantry play, might be viewed as less acceptable? Or, yeah, I mean, less, um, that's, that sounds like outfit wars to me. Like, sure. like playing for every advantage. I think most people on live don't do that. I think it's the exception right. for live players, even during alerts, to, to 
play for advantage. Most people are like, here's what I want to do. How can I make it work? Right. And then there's a, so when it, when it comes to that, um, there is a players tend to gravitate toward the, the path of least resistance. Right. Yep. And a lot of times that is you're at a base, you're fighting, you die, you revive the nearest spawn point. You keep jamming your, your face into the, the door just to get mowed down. Yeah. Um, very rarely. It's just like, very rarely is it, oh, I should pull up max suit so that I can mm -hmm. be some more, more survivable. Oh, I should speak to people and maybe get somebody to like repair me or like, you know, maybe we charge in at once friction, more difficult mm -hmm. to do that. Yep. E way easier to complain on Reddit. Um, that's just, uh, that's a, it's easy, that's a hop but and I, skip away. I think most people who are victims of that situation don't actually post on Reddit. Like that's the, Oh, I don't know. I don't think that's true. <laughs> How dare you? All of them. Every single one of them. They're your biggest fans, Ral. Yeah. Um, but that's that's sort of the, the paradigm that I would like to see is I, I think that finding the, the fights in and, uh, you know, just living in that infantry play is it's it's good at doing what it does, but it comes at cost to kind of the I would say the experience as a whole um, and maybe even something like insidious where just the the mentality of the community as a whole gets kind of contorted toward like oh the the argument with like kill the sunderers or don't kill the sunderers the fact that that is a decision that is now made um within the community punished for in some cases yep you know like ah oh, this person is you know let's chastise them because they are you know filthy sunderer hunters or, or whatever yeah definitely that's that's not good right we ideally in an ideal world we would all be pulling toward the same sorts of objectives um outfit wars to that degree it does that you know, everybody's kind of moving to the same goal 1v1 short time just, frame um, compressed yeah it's all compressed narrow narrow expectations yeah there's a winner you know at the there end. is a winner yeah and a loser this kind of reminds me of of the things that i've heard you said about desolation um and its defense and especially around like the unspoken code of conduct um people should play to win it's interesting to me because you know i shared with you earlier that i think that one of the greatest things about planet side is the weird community interactions like do or don't kill the sunderer like i see that as a feature not a bug um and it doesn't necessarily have to be that play out in that specific way there could be other things like spawn camping or not spawn camping is another one um i think maybe that's gone by the wayside i think we've all agreed to spawn camp in 2022 but uh <laughs> there were times where you could take, get into more of a debate about that but um I think that if, if there's no room to make decisions and there's no room to have debate and in a game where you don't have to make decisions that affect yourself and other players, uh, I think that's a, a strength, a difficult to grasp strength of planet side. I would agree. I would also say that those debates, those decisions will be there regardless. They'll just be mm. about different things. Okay. There's, there's no, I don't think um, you'll ever get everybody on the same wavelength, mm -hmm. you know, not, yeah. not to some pristine uh, degree. That's, that's some sort of romanticized ideal, you know, but um, I agree that uh, having these sorts of, you know, uh, sort of like interpersonal conflicts 
you know, right. or discussion points is, is good as long as it's um, healthy. I think that there is a, there are things that we are maybe like too divisive on, um, especially when it, when it comes to like, okay, how do you play the game? Or rather like, um, like what is the goal of the game? So like the, the Sunderer you know, argument or yeah, even yeah. the spawn camping one, I think is, is good too. Um, where those, if you were to, to somehow fix that, and I'm mm. not sure that you could or, or should even, mm-hmm. but if you were, I think that there would be plenty of exciting discussions, um, either between outfits of just like, you know, mm-hmm. or, or talking about meta, we there's always going to be a discussion about balance. Yeah. It's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I buy that. I buy that. I buy that. I, I don't want to tunnel any, any further into this, this amazing rabbit trail. This is such an easy evergreen plant side topic to talk about. Um, we were talking about hot takes, starting with the lead heavy assault, which seems to universally agreed upon. So I look forward to that update. Um, and uh, defense of the pristine light assault class, which is only going to get better. Um, any other? We're actually fun moving hot takes? the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was interjecting. <laughs> moving to say the something shield dumb. over Go to. Ahead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, any other like fun hot takes before I move on to the next thing? Uh, none. None worth. Uh... Um, risking any sort of uh, remaining reputation for fair enough fair enough um so when we talk about hot takes like the leading heavy assault um we all see hot takes from ourselves hot takes from others when you hear a hot take like that it's your job to the sort the wheat from the chaff how do you do that how do you know how do you hear the truth behind the hot take so i think a lot of times it comes down to uh how reactive um the the verbiage is maybe um mostly just how reactive uh the the player seems about a particular change um especially so you'll see things like instant feedback the moment an idea of an idea is is you know unveiled uh that noise right knee-jerk noise um other times you'll see uh, strong bias come in from players who have legitimate amounts of like loads and loads of experience. You know, we're going on 10 years. That's, I mean, you know, you want to get a college degree a couple times over. Uh, if that course was in Planetside 2, you'd have some, <laughs> some PhDs. really, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so some of that though is you kind of just have to be especially diligent to view things from other perspectives when you hear, you know, more feedback from just those, mm-hmm. uh, those really mm-hmm. um, invested players or players who are invested in particular styles of play. So that's, that's like another thing to kind of watch out for. Um, other, uh, I guess, signals of, um, of noise would be kind of, so one thing that I see uh, within the community, and it's really interesting to, to me, is that when, when a post comes up, um, usually, the, the first commenter, provided it's not something just totally bonkers, um, usually the tone of the first commenter will dictate the, the tone of the majority of posts nested there within. Hmm. It's, there is definitely like a mob mentality that kind of runs uh, Reddit. And yeah, it's a bit of a Pareto it distribution. It's a what? Adva- it, uh, accumulating advantage. It's a law of economics yeah, where those who have the most will accrue the most. Those who have the least will suffer the most. Um, also in the Bible, uh, the Matthew principles, what it's called. 
Hmm. The, uh, so that, sometimes that needs to be kind of taken into consideration too. Mm. I, I feel like um, some of the, some of the best uh, takes can often be found near the bottom. Um, mm. Not, not just like openly, you know, uh, you know, upset or, or whatever, but you'll see uh, players who have like legitimate counterpoints to um, the, the popular uh, comment, you know, the, the one that's up top, but it's sure. just not given enough attention because it wasn't there first. It's yeah. now not popular to, to vote on that, you know, particular topic, or it's just not worth your time or people don't scroll down that far. Yeah. You know, there's, there's there's a lot of kind of um to that that needs to be taken into account when filtering advice yeah I think or it's more the... complicated like sometimes it's harder to interact Certainly. with a correct complicated idea than an off simple one that's yeah yeah no that's, that's a really good point sometimes um being witty outweighs being factual <laughs> or correct always yeah, you think so um, to, to do a dull thing with grace than a than an artful one clumsily you know? Interesting. The uh, uh, I, I think that the most useful forms of feedback are from observation of players actually playing the game. Mm. So you'll you'll see you know we have plenty of streamers, mm. um, small time, medium time, sometimes you know large scale, and they all have different perspectives. Uh, some of that can be very like readily. Um, I would say almost written off when when you see how players are certain um, like performing. So, for example, um, you're in a squad, you know, playing with your your uh, friends or, or what have you. You know, there's a lot of voice comms going back and forth. Mm-hmm. You you jump in and you toss C4, and then you you detonate it. It kills you. Um, mm-hmm. But over on your comms, you say something to the effect of, "Oh, C4 didn't explode again. You know, game is broken." Been watching like everybody else so everybody else watched that um watch that take place i don't think it was you um but uh but just the like oh i need social clout you know or like i, I need to to vocalize some sort of uh i don't know vent your frustration tell it tell a story that's more self-soothing than i blew myself up probably yeah and so that mm-hmm. sort of thing is uh, i i see it you know like Oh, you know, players will they'll they'll fight somebody and then they'll dip around a corner and uh, it maybe die. Um, mm. You know, sometimes it's due to lag, sometimes it's not due to lag, and you see people blame it on on lag. Yeah. That, no, you're actually literally in line. So, like we we saw that on stream. Um, so I, I think the integrity of of some of those players who offer feedback, even maybe under those circumstances or maybe as a whole, it can kind of be, you know, it's compromised. Yeah. Uh, so that the feedback becomes less valuable when I see that you're not telling the truth, mm. um, or, or you're contorting the truth for the sake of a public perception. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be viewed as having done something wrong. And to me that speaks like, oh, okay, you're trying to fit in, or, you know, you need some sort of approval from, you know, this sort of social group. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to paint everybody with that, with that sort of brush, but you see it often enough that it sends off little red flags and saying like, okay, well, this is. Like, yeah, is this yeah. legit or is this an experience that you have had that you are now, um, I don't know, totally kind of making louder than, than it is. Uh, man, you're, you're talking, you're, you're narrating my, my planet side streams, man. So like 
um i have this one one person in my community um shout out to kai uh he always calls my bullshit always calls my bullshit <laughs> if i make one of those little false commotes he'd be like you blew yourself up i'm like shit you're right thank you thank you kai and um one of the things he loves to do too is because um one of the people in my community who like to play with is a is an enthusiastic vehicle player and he'll join my squad. Uh, that's Henry. I'm shouting out. And he'll pick me up in his Valkyrie and we'll go shoot stuff. Or pick me up in his Harasser and we'll go shoot stuff. And then I'll get my KD nice padded. It's great. Because, I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just riding along and shooting. It's a very simple task. And uh, Kai big, oh, we've got the vehicle players in here to pad your KD again, huh? Shit. It's right. It's right. Uh, something else that... Um... I think is kind of interesting to observe is you will the the session that you had last is sometimes the one that you remark upon mm -hmm. uh and if that session did not go well game can suck mm -hmm. uh you know or you can you know you'll you'll find a bunch of flaws uh with it when the game yeah. goes well the perception is is different uh i think you see this with um with like osher uh, upon release was was kind of a good one to where mm. many players are oh, like oh this you know is so good it revitalized or like it it like it made me remember 2012 and the battles felt you know massive and you know there's vehicles and everything and if you had that experience mm -hmm. um you uh that's that's kind of like what was um yeah shown outwardly and i did if i personally i did so i resonate with that but if you had a poor experience then that's the one that kind of you know sticks with you that's the one that you kind of like have vocalized uh publicly even if not all of your experiences were were like that mm -hmm. uh, i think you see it with new players too just like okay the first time they drop in you know if they have a good experience they stick with the game if they don't have a good experience and they you know bail why not mm -hmm. um you know game stocks overpowered pay to win whatever yeah um but if you dropped in with like like into a good fight or if you dropped in with a uh, a good squad or an outfit that you know, was talking to you the entire time, totally different experience. Yeah. And even if functionally uh, the game is the same, maybe even they were in the, like similar fights, had different encounters, the way that they perceive those things is fundamentally different because of the surrounding uh, or like the environment sure. um, at the time. Sure. So some of that stuff um, is worth paying attention to as well. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll call out streamers who are just like, you know, being really needly about certain things. And mm. then even just like speaking to them, like in a, in a stream, we'll kind of like, like put them back in a baseline. Um, I'll call them because down. you can, yeah. Cause you can offer like a different perspective, uh, too. Mm. And I'm, I'm not trying, well, I guess I, I am trying to like contort things, you know, positively. You, know, you also are and, kind of like the philosopher King come and come out of the, 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 the mansion on the hilltop. So people, People feel like they're being given given the attention of the game when you show up in the stream. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, um, so all those factors into okay. the data collection. Yeah, cool, cool man. So hot takes of other folks. Okay, when I mentioned to you delete heavy assault and you agreed with me about it, we all kind of had like a smirk on our face, like kind of self knowing that. Yeah, like I do think this, but also I, I realize it's kind of preposterous. Um, how how do you see through to the truth of your own hot takes? Um, I think that it has to be 
balanced by other perspectives. Okay. So I enjoy our conversations mm. because you don't necessarily have the the same sort of gameplay, um, I guess, intentionality that, that I do. Like you'd like the, the infantry stuff for the most part. I've seen you yeah. enjoy other aspects of the game as well. It's mostly infantry, um, you're right. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, like Kamikaze or um, even just like some of the other uh, like more hardcore uh, you know, streamers, you know, that, that perspective is, is refreshing to some degree. Um, even if I don't agree with everything that's going on, because mm -hmm. it helps, uh, at least inform the, the perspective of, of other, uh, players. Sure. So you ha have to take into consideration. Um, this I, is a I, real I make it a thing point. that's happening that I don't see when I play that kind of idea. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, that's very important. Um, because I, I do play the game differently. I mm -hmm. am very much go with the flow, sort of like I, I like doing the suboptimal stupid stuff because that's how I envision Planetside 2, kind of like the intention of the game, mm -hmm. you know, as it was. Like playing engineers uh, the, the and speedrunners. Uh, <laughs> man, I need a rematch. Um, I swear yeah. I can do better. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it's, it's something that you have to be uh on the the lookout for it's very easy to get caught up in your your own perspective mm -hmm. uh and yeah it just needs to even like hearing takes from the community like always have a, a healthy um uh dose of, of skepticism whenever you're offered any sort of feedback or advice mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. or anything and and that should be doubly so for for your own you know personal perspective sure sure do you have any uh, like old hot takes from before you worked on the game? Maybe from your time as a as a more of a content creator that you abandon have abandoned since. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to it. Mm. Um, I think that time kind of blurs a lot of things together. No doubt. Been working on this game for what? Oh, is it going on? Is it going on seven years? I that nah, feels right. You started nah, six in twenty. Years. 16 started in 2016 yeah yeah okay six ish six six yeah yeah, yeah. I, I did a little bit of contract work prior to as well but right um yeah so the i don't know i i don't know if i have any uh anything that, that drastically changed I, I think it was mostly like reality setting in uh my Everybody has, you go on Reddit, right? Actually, there was a post up talking very, very recently. Um, it's still probably up. You can find it. Um, I, with a, go ahead. Go ahead. Are, is that where you're going? That direction? I almost brought it up because it was such a great post. I think it. I think it's a good one because from an outside perspective, and I think actually that, say, eh, April 2016 is when that was posted. I think I wasn't. I wasn't like I started in, in October, like mm -hmm. I started in earnest in October, 2016. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think that people think they have a lot of good ideas, myself included. Mm -hmm. uh, but when rubber meets the road, you have to contend with all sorts of different circumstances, mm -hmm. which includes sometimes confronting the, uh, the reality of how much control you actually have mm -hmm. over, you know, the, the direction. I think many, many, many things can change about, a game and at the same time nothing can change yeah so know. would you then agree with the top comment here let me briefly read it to you uh 
So the, the, the post, the title of the thread, I think we're thinking about the same one. Tell me if we're not, by the way. Over six years ago, dot, 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 what happened? It's a Reddit post you made back in April 2016. Um, top comment. It's, it's pretty simple, actually. Easy to point out the issues from the outside when you don't know how or what would it would take to fix them. Just like everyone else in this community, Rel once saw all the problems, but when he joined the team, you start realizing they either can't be solved at all or would require an unreasonable trade-off to fix. A trade-off to fix. That's, that's the big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when you have to balance the development of, of the actual game to keep people players interested we ride on uh, a wave of you know population spikes mm. each update you know bring more players back then they leave mm -hmm. um when that is the cadence it is difficult to to cease everything that you're doing and and focus really hard on this this big one you know one thing right because mm -hmm. uh, you know reworking a lot of the systems that that might need to be reworked and, and who knows if they would actually pay off um, is a massive undertaking that has potential for no return on investment. Sure. That is a difficult pill to swallow for, uh, I don't know, just just trying to keep a, a game moving the, the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could probably go on about this too because there's there's more to it than that. Or actually, there's some comments below talking about transparency, how everybody thinks that they they want it. Right. This is such a great comment thread. And this guy, Dry Method, made a few really, I think, intelligent responses. And one of them was about um, how people say they want transparency, but actually they don't. Totally true. Mm. It's really unfortunate. Um, I would, so I, I view myself as somewhat more candid, um, maybe perhaps more candid than I, I should be from mm. a, a person who is in my, my position, okay. but I've always tried to keep like a really honest, um, just like, Hey, everybody, this is what's happening currently. Um, sort of like perspective because it's, it's grounded. Um, and I, I think that people appreciate that. Mm -hmm. However, if you, it is things become more complex um and you mentioned you know simple responses being just easier to kind of like it's an easier story to to tell a reader or yeah. whatever yeah. um but when uh when things get more complex they're just more difficult to convey yeah uh, outwardly and also become players become less sympathetic to to that because they can't necessarily um connect to to that story in the same way mm -hmm. and the story i i mean it's probably not the, the correct word here but there's always some level of i guess spin maybe is an even worse term um mm -hmm. that's that is like that you need in order to make the message palatable to the community okay. it can be 100 truthful um and uh in in my respect like it it should be mm -hmm. i I have a very negative visceral reaction to like any time that um, that it is suggested that I say something less than um, my personal truth, mm. um, <laughs> which which can you know happen uh, any any sort of like time you're you're dealing with uh, um, I guess the the community outwardly you need right. to be very specific about your responses right uh, or else you can make problems worse. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a professional at doing that personally. Um, well, I appreciate <laughs> the, that you err on the side of honesty. Fire. It makes our conversations more fun. Uh, more fun for for us in the moment, less fun for the people who watch it on Reddit later, uh, or just if it's uh, taken out of context. <laughs> yeah. Less fun for fun. the for me dealing with everything else um, oh, yeah. um, at work after the fact. But now I would say that yeah, it's um, it is being transparent is is difficult because what players really want is to hear what they want to hear, mm. and there's a there is certainly a level of a uh, of forgiveness. Like there's some wiggle room involved, especially if you've kind of like delivered on enough things. You know, players can kind of back down and say like, "Oh, okay, well, yeah, you know, I'll give trust you in the trust now. bank." All right, uh, but when things are kind of going. Um, have been bad for for a while, then even if it's for legitimate reasons, mm-hmm. conveying that outwardly is is not something that you would find the forgiveness in. It would just be um, inflammatory, if anything. So there's sure. times to, to speak, and there's times to uh, to kind of like you know hold the cards close to your chest. Um, one example of this, uh, and this is this is a really docile example, mm-hmm. but. Uh, when we had, let's see, we had issues with Connery, um, just that server having latency issues, and we were trying to get to the bottom of it, mm-hmm. uh, like nonstop for, um, I guess, multiple months. I think it was going on three months. Sheesh. Um, uh, the Connery server in particular was kind of like falling over. You know, players were having massive lag spikes, uh, big ordeal toward the the start of the year or the, the first and second quarter. Mm-hmm. And um, any time we tried to share something cool, you know, just like share with the community, like, hey, this is what we're working on. Yeah, it was met with uh, with a derailment of the conversation uh, because X, Y, or Z issue hasn't been resolved yet. In this case, it was the the Connery issues, right? You know, affecting mm-hmm. a lot of players, high impact. They don't want to hear that you're working on other stuff when I'm suffering, right? Mm. Um, this is sort of like uh, because it comes across as tone deaf. New content in the that... store, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So we had to like postpone some of the messaging that we wanted to do. Therefore, less transparency mm-hmm. um, because it isn't talking about the thing that's topical, despite constantly putting out messages like, you know, saying like, hey, you know, we're working on this issue. Please submit this information. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, it was at least uh, we would continue to get peppered with messages um, as if we weren't doing anything. The message mm-hmm. had already been stated that, you know, like, hey, keep doing this thing. But if you're not, if that's not the only thing that you are constantly addressing, then it is, it comes across again as, as tone deaf. Yeah. So that's I'm that sure sort the of reality. Like... Sorry, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead. I'm talking too much. Oh, I was going to say that, uh, I'm, and I'm guessing that, I mean, this is one of the things that gamers, I think, easily fall into is they, they, they tend to feel intuitively that the entire company should be working to resolve whatever they see as the top priority. The reality is not everyone can work on the Connery server issues. Like there are other people who aren't working on that, who can't work on it, who need something else to do and have other things that they were trying to do anyway. And of course you want to be able to, to say, tell good news about, you know, we're dealing with this pro this implant problem, or we've, you know, resolved this little bit of geometry on Hassan or whatever, you know, man. Um, so I get it. Yeah. There's definitely, um, uh, I, I wonder what the, I mean, knowing now, like how games are actually made, um, yeah. it is, 
that perspective i've just never like i i i I don't understand why people don't get it simple like simple man occam's razor people just go for what's simple what you think maybe yeah where uh your strength rel is that you're an overthinker you're able to take this massive game of planet side keep it all in your head be like well what about this hmm but um that's that's you know not everyone is that way not everyone who plays planet side is that way and everyone who talks about planet side is that way and uh i mean i see it all the time man um there is elegance and simplicity but also uh a, a kind of foolishness at times and maybe i'm just sort of downplaying your your curiosity but i feel like that's my take on that particular problem yeah it's I I just wish I guess that there was some way to offer more insight to I mean we've we've even publicly stated like while the Connor just to get back to the Connor issues yeah. while you know we're doing this investigation that doesn't preclude other members of the the team from working yeah. on you know we're still working towards other goals sure uh, however just just like doesn't sink in and I I wonder if it's because uh, that's just like I don't want to hear that you know, fix the game. Um, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, yeah, yeah. It's, that's one of the barriers of, of transparency. I, I feel like is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's sort of like this, like a metaphor perhaps. So my wife was sick recently. She had like a bronchitis. She's feeling better now, but it sucked for a little while. And she's a terrible, she's a terrible sick patient. She's a massive extrovert. Every single day she's up and out doing stuff. So being stuck, Being sick is bad enough, but having to cancel all of her plans, that's the really bad part of being sick for her. And um, so, uh, and you know, I was trying not to get sick too, so we kind of tried to keep our separate space. And, uh, but um, she was feeling, she was feeling sick. She was suffering. And most of our interactions had to be while she was in pain about what she was dealing with. Because she needed my help, first of all. And second of all, because she had enough going on, enough pain in her life, that me talking about, hey, why did you leave the dishes out? Or like this other little thing. Or you should know about X. Or hey, I had to do this. I just... It's not actually to our aggregate benefit for me to share this in a way I normally would when the party I'm relating to is suffering. That's legit. Yeah. At the same time, stop reading the news. You know, if you're, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, yeah, it's it makes it tricky because you're trying to to cater to everyone at the same time. So when you have a subsection that is, you know, suffering, uh, Connery in this example. Yeah. Uh, you you're put in this awkward position to where. There's like, you know, we, we wanted to show off cool stuff to, you know, the however many percent of other players that exist within the game. But yeah. now you've created this sort of like barrier to to us mm. doing that just by virtue of, of that perspective of like, no, um, focus on me. I need, you know, you need to acknowledge us. Uh, and, hard, and we man. tried to, to balance it out uh, as, as best we could. Um, but aspects like that are what can prevent, I think, transparency, um, not just in, in our game, but um, others yeah. as well. If you could take 
here's a new question that just popped into my head. If you could take either the community feedback and face of planet side part of the job as your job going forward or the part of the job where you're at, where you're leading the design of the future of planet side, which would you prefer? Um, I would want to make the game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cast aside the, the player feedback. Yeah. If it you know came down to that, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I'm asking because in my own career, I'm, I have a technology background, but I've been moving more and more into people kind of things, people kind of focused work. Um, so I have a foot in both worlds, kind of customer relationships and actually the technology that uh, makes it all work. I just, I just wonder about that because you, you put so much time and energy and thought into these community interactions and, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's a part of me that's always been surprised that someone else hasn't popped up and started doing that as the team's gotten bigger, as, um, as the team's gotten busier. Um, you're still with us. You're still popping on my podcast. You're still dropping in on streams. It makes me wonder, like, is, are you like, is, uh, do you have your feet in both those worlds? Is that like a forever thing or is this just a meeting the moment thing? What do you think? I think that some of it is um, circumstance. You know, I am the. You know, I, I've I've been playing the game for quite some time. Yeah. You know, started a, a couple weeks after after launch. Um, so the perspective that I have on the game is like leans itself to conversations with with players, where you know it's just easier to to speak on those things. Mm -hmm. um, I also like being. Um, so I, <laughs> I myself. Have, I'm an introvert, uh, yet the uh, I don't find these uh, sorts of conversations especially draining. However, I do know that there are uh, people on the team who have no interest in yeah. you know, being like forward facing, mm -hmm. and I, I think that when you're forward facing, you also shoulder uh, more of the the blame, like a disproportionate amount of the the blame. And we've yep. seen that with with anybody who's at the at the head of mm -hmm. um, you know or uh, makes is the face of the team. And that is a, a burden, I would say, that I would rather shoulder than anybody else on, on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I don't know, if it's the, uh, that's, that's me trying to protect my people um, to, to some degree. Why is it's, that important? Uh, because people are important. People are probably the most important thing, um, you know, of a, <laughs> of a, of a studio. Uh, that's something that Cardo yeah. said when I when I interviewed him. He said, "People, not projects." Hmm. That was That's really, good. really fascinating. Uh, really cool guy. Really wonderful conversation. Word. Yeah. No, Car Cardo is the best. He has nice <laughs> things to say about you. He does, and um, and I appreciate him for it. Uh, yeah. The um, one thing that I, I kind of want to quickly get back to is okay. uh you know you mentioned casting aside the uh, or rather i mentioned casting aside the uh the, the player uh, interactions versus or the yeah you know, versus with the community or the leading the game uh, I, I do think that um if so the the player stuff is to me it's it's almost icing on the cake so to where like i i enjoy engaging in those sorts of things because i know that the players receive some some value from it mm -hmm. however i also know that if I sat down 
and never spoke to the community again, mm-hmm. um, I would still be making the game and the game would still be moving forward. And there'd be thousands of players who are actively enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting position to, to be in there too, because I know that we are deriving some value from this interaction. I know the people watching, uh, however many end up, you know, viewing this after the fact mm-hmm. will have, you know, gained some, some sort of perspective from it. Uh, and there's, there's a benefit there. However, realistically at the end of the day you could probably cast aside all of that and just make a game focus on making a game and it would keep going okay maybe that's sort of like that one of those transparent things that people don't want to hear yeah yeah that's an interesting one yeah so this is like i think icing on the cake is the perfect phrase for it um it, it, if we're looking for a minimum viable product in terms of what the people at this studio are doing this does not need to be in it yet it is yet it is you want to i'm grateful i'm grateful it makes it way more fun to cover planet side i'll say yeah it's i i do think that this is it's not it's not my game it's our game the community mm-hmm. matters uh, to that degree. It could very easily be my game, you know, just like doing stuff without feedback, right? Yeah. But in order to to move us forward in a way that I think more players can get on board with, there is some value in in seeing those perspectives. Because, like I mentioned earlier, I need that to, to help balance my own. The sure. game would probably be different were it just you know some dark corner somewhere being developed, right? It might be out of touch. Mm. I think I, I totally think just from my personal experience that thousands of players would still be able to play it every day and still be happy. Mm-hmm. However, it would be a different experience. Would it be would it, worse or better or neither? We'll never know. Mm. Okay. Okay. You just said that it's not your game. That reminds me of another thing Cardo said is that once a game is released, it belongs more to the community, really, than to any big brain designer who made it from the beginning um, in many ways. I thought that was pretty interesting insight for him to share. Um, what, what do you say to people who do think of Planet Side 2 as your game, and especially in a negative sense? I feel like um, there has definitely been a perception that I'm I'm building a, a game that is like for me, you know? Um, or, or on the other side of it, that you know, devs don't play their games. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, like oh, you're detached, obviously, because of the you know, X, Y, or Z. Decision. The two extremes. Right, right, right. Um, and to to that end, the the extreme negativity is quite often noise, because I know where it lives. Uh, also, extreme positivity too, um, like the the white knighting for. And developers and, and that sort of thing can can go mm-hmm. the other direction very uh, very quickly mm-hmm. to where it's just fluff and forgivings and that's not healthy either just from a mm-hmm. development standpoint um, it's it's I'm glad people like that are willing to defend you know the the dev team I, I want more of those people um, kind of existing uh, rather than the uh, <laughs> the ones who are the, who are the opposite but a sugar to kind of the salt exactly yeah so everything is kind of a um, in a balance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, man. Well, um, 
let's just wrap this up with a few fun personal questions then. Uh, what are you playing these days outside of Planetside, man? So little time to actually play games. Mm. Ridiculous. So what you make uh, time for must be... What do you make time for? Is there anything? So I, I sunk more than three, maybe 500 hours into Valheim. Oh, uh, yeah. It's very good. It's very good. And then Did I got into like, modding. Um, well, finish it. Um, yeah. It's, it's actually not, not done yet. So like even had you the, killed the all the bosses boss, that have been released? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Modding spoilers. It, it's what's that? Sorry. Continue, please. Oh no. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I have been modding it. Just easy stuff. I, I think it's it's been more educational for me. Um, learning the C sharp side of things and just like you know, creating new items that I've doing, been doing like a little bit of uh, kit bashing with models. I haven't created anything from, from scratch sure. though. I, I know how to do that in Planetside too with our stuff, just not, um, haven't like um, forced myself to learn Blender uh, as much as I, I want to, or think I want to. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's been really fun. I, I like, cause, cause that's sort of like, I, I get some creative freedom that is low pressure. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I get to also like address some balance concerns that I have, um, you know, nitpickings, uh, yeah. with as, as well. Like for example, the, uh, the torch you hold up, at, have you played Valheim? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you're holding up a torch, you it doesn't scare make you way wildlife, scare away the, 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 the small mobs. I can't remember what they're called. Right. Yeah. The little graylings and, yeah, um, graylings. and, and boars will run away and, and necks will run away as well. But, um, but one thing that it doesn't do is keep you from, from being cold. Mm. Uh, when when night sets in, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's weird. Um, so like fixing that is is nice, so that that way there's like a reason to use the torch uh, before you have uh, cold weather gear. Um, that's kind of fun. Sorry, I'm not gonna go on too much about this. That's but cool. It's, that's cool. But some low fun. pressure design space. Absolutely, that's fun. That's a beautiful game. It's very good, and uh, it's it's. It's especially interesting because it's it's a huge game made by a very tiny team. I'm waiting for their update to to drop, and like start fleshing out more. What's taking them so long? <laughs> <laughs> hire more, hire more devs. Come on, guys. Um, so, uh, yeah, like they're they're like adding more biomes. I guess that's the, that's the thought. Yeah, yeah. The the mistlands are what they're actively working on because it's mm -hmm. unfinished, and. Uh, and hopefully that that comes in. And every time a new update comes out, I have to like unbreak all my mod, um, yeah. my mods. So that's it's it's annoying. But uh, but yeah. So I'm just I'm, I haven't touched the game. I'm gonna wait till Miss Lines comes out and then you know fix all my stuff and then you know continue modding. Word word. Anything else you can't play? I'm replaying. Uh, well, vaguely playing, replaying some stuff like Dragon Age Inquisition. I love that game. Uh. It's so good. I heard it was panned by the um, by Dragon Age players way back um, really? when it was first launched. Yeah, but it has some amazing concepts um, that are just like a lot of fun, and the decisions are are good, and the 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 grittiness of the or like the, the how, how how smart the world is designed is is very mm. very cool. I I love it. Um, Bioware games in general, I, even like Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, I've, I've loved the crap out of. Uh. Yeah. Big, big Bioware fanboy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Cool, cool. Um, what kind of gaming media do you consume? 
Is it just Planetside Reddit or is there other stuff that you take in for fun? So I, um, uh, one of our, uh, uh, actually the, the lead of uh, marketing, one of the things that, that they do uh, each day is kind of like put together all the clips of, so when new new games are released, trailers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually in the, in the Navy, we called it clips. I don't know what it's actually uh, called, but like I had to do the same thing when um, when I worked at the public affairs office and was doing the, the newspaper on uh, Navy submarine based in London. Um, okay the uh like every morning you'd have to like look at all the newspapers and all the the stories and then put together a list for uh for like the higher ups so just so that they can like quickly consume um everything that uh that might be relevant for just like you know daily operations of a, of a military base from like uh the command um down fair enough um similarly in uh in my workspace uh the um like the the, the lead uh, on the marketing team is putting together uh, lists of just uh, competitor news, um, community, oh, wow. or like you know stuff about different games within our um, uh, within Daybreak rather, uh, just uh-huh. under that umbrella, uh, or things that they've released. So like whenever Quest puts out a new update, you know get to see all the the media feedback mm-hmm. regarding that, and that's like a really easy way for me to to look through and say like, oh okay, this is interesting. I want to learn more about this, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know it'd be like an article from one of the you know, multitude of, of gaming websites. Right. That's helpful. I'm also um, really into looking at YouTube videos um, regarding. Uh, I follow Force Gaming. He's oh yeah has, has some extreme views I think on monetization, but aside from that, um, very uh, knowledgeable. Uh, He's very I, grounded. I like, he is very grounded. I like that about I, him. Yeah, totally. Um, I still follow Level Cap and, and watch all of his like this week in gaming stuff and you know everything about. Uh, it's it's good to keep a, a beat on like Battlefield as it's the closest kind of sort of thing that right. you know we have to a competitor. Um, so that sort of thing, and then you know I Twitch uh, as well, and yeah, kind of all over the place. I think constantly trying to keep your you know uh, fingers on the pulse of. The, the industry, even from the tech perspective. So like learning more about like, oh, you know, NVIDIA is doing the showcase or uh-huh. or whatever uh, yeah. is is important too. I just try to stay abreast of as much of that stuff as I can, which. Yeah. 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 Sounds like a lot, man. Sounds like a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Is there, I find myself wanting to ask you what media you consume as a purely guilty pleasure, gaming or not gaming. D&D podcasts. Ah. Uh, I'm big on, on D&D. Really? Do you play it all or just mostly listen? Um, so I I do play, not often enough, because it is incredibly difficult for um, for me to find um, games that I enjoy uh, mm. with, with people that I can, uh, you know, reliably have, you know, consistent groups with. Mm-hmm. And then also, I, I really like to DM but oh. don't have many many i don't have many chances to to do that uh oh either my god yeah i was actually um this morning and, and yesterday writing uh custom campaign setting and that sort of thing um <laughs> and just like some like variant rules for things that i'm partial to that you know aren't in uh, normal dnt and that sort of thing game design from that perspective of course about to say like it's, it, it makes it permeates sense. my life yeah yeah so that's that's good um and then i've i've been really digging uh I constantly listen to to video game um, music, stuff that oh. is actually. I, I find myself going back to like 
Mass Effect Andromeda, or like actually all the Mass Effect soundtracks and um, Dragon Age and then mm-hmm. other various uh, gaming soundtracks as well. It seems to be sort of like the soundtrack or the playlist of my life at this point. Hmm. Um, I've discarded much of the other music or just don't listen to it uh, that often. So hmm. between that and, and podcasts about nerdy stuff, I think that's where, where I live right now. That's cool. That's cool, man. I'm I'm so enjoying the image of Rel the Dungeon Master. You have no idea. It's a it's a cruel world. Uh huh. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, are you? <laughs> I really are like. You... Go ahead. Um, I I like the the thought that not everybody is a hero. That's something that really appeals to me. That just the world around you is moving, and quite frankly, you're kind of at whims to your circumstance. Mm-hmm. You choose how you want to respond and like move through that. But, you know, um, you're not entitled sort of like, to a W. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like choice. Choice matters uh, a lot to me. So a bit of a player killer DM, huh? Uh, I mean, there have been instances that have gotten close. I've killed plenty of NPCs uh, that I've used to kind of like like buffer uh, player parties. And those sort uh, of sure, but... sure, sure. Awesome, man. Okay. Uh, last question. This is more of a philosophical question. Um, do video games matter? Why or why not? So yes, absolutely. Um, is is my take on that? It's it's a medium um, to consume, much like uh, other forms, except this one is interactive, and um, and it goes depending on the game far beyond like it has far-reaching implications um beyond just uh you and even the the people who are in the same like lobby or whatever communities are are built around it which it happens in other forms of media too you know if you if you really like jazz music or or what have you um uh you can you can find ways to bond with with others over that and i think Mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the the values that games has too is that uh players can use it as a um a common language to uh i don't know like sometimes it's it's uh you can like reflect yourself in the world which is empowering uh Mm -hmm. to people sometimes it's a it's a way to to relax and even detach yourself um from from the world so it's a a therapeutic measure um in that respect Mm -hmm. so there's there's so many arguments for games being uh amazing that uh i think in the future to kind of extrapolate um you know that's what life will be hmm. is is games hopefully i hope that they're designed by um by people who value the, the human experience and and like just uh or i mean or even just human life honestly um but uh it won't be long before we're probably all chilling in vr space and kind of just like talking to one another you know roll your eyes now but it's not even that far away i'm surprisingly i'm i'm pretty skeptical about that personally man yeah um have you ever okay well i know this is actually that's a fair tour i i haven't actually ever used a vr headset so that's that's on me i haven't taken the plunge yeah as soon as it becomes more um commonplace you know easy enough to set up and throw on and um uh, sort of ubiquitous, uh, less expensive, um, sure. as well. Like once that happens, there's 
there's very little standing in the way of that being kind of a common mode of, mm -hmm. um, of communication of, you know, just interaction between other um, players. It's already starting to, to creep in. Uh, you know, there's just more friction involved. Yeah. So we'll that see. Technology is crazy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. I mean, who would have thought we'd be using mice and keyboards to do all this, you know, still 40 years later or whatever. Um, you said that you think in the future, most of our lives are going to look like what video games are turning into. What's, what's that mean? I feel like, okay, so you remember the stigma back in, I mean, even just as, as late as like the 1990s that art, I don't know, maybe it still exists. Um, that, oh, you know, gamers are basement nerds and like, yeah, ah, you know, they can't well. you know, socially interact, uh, whatever, whatever. Like mm -hmm. uh, now you fast forward, even just like 10 years, uh, totally changed uh, the paradigm mm -hmm. where games are now a way for um, for people to communicate with one another. It is a, a way for, for you to reach more of the, the world um, around you mm -hmm. uh, just by virtue of just like, again, that, that sort of like common language. If mm -hmm. I if I really like Bioware games and somebody else really likes Bioware games, we can now talk about something that's, you know, uh, we have some sort of commonality. Mm -hmm. And in finding uh, that sort of like, you know, that the common, that, um, uh, that uh, something that pers is personifies the right word, um, that, that makes people more pers personal? I don't know, some sort connected? of connection. Yeah, yeah, connected to, to another um, yeah. person. That is, uh, that, that has... It's like a contact, such, such having contact yeah. with other people and and uh, not, not contact that feels trivial. Mm. Like not checking out at the grocery store, like something a little more involved. Right. So when our um, normal means of communication uh, becomes the the games that we play, you, know, you pop on, talk to people, you know, chat with your friends. You've never mm -hmm. met these people before, yet they're as real as anything else. Uh, that we can look forward to more of that in the future, um, more closely intertwined. I well, I could be wrong. You know, maybe a meteor hits us tomorrow, and then we're all. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? But um, but I I don't see it going the other direction. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to imagine it could. I I totally agree with you, man. I, I guess the, the 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 part of me, the the deeply contrarian devil's advocate inside of me is remembering the voices of my parents when I grew up in those nineties you described, saying, "Oh, well, video games are something you grow out of. It's like a toy. It's for children." Um. All the time you spend playing video games, if you could have spent that doing something productive, just think about where you'd be. Um, yeah, digital connections are great, but they don't compare to face-to-face -face connections. Shared experiences digitally are great, but doesn't compare to meeting someone in person. Like these are the these are the kinds of perspectives that are easily poo-pooed by gamers, I think, but they actually are still held by the majority of people. Very likely, but uh, I mean, how many, how many organizations? Thanks to the pandemic, thank you, COVID. I guess um, you know, play, people are at home now, 
and being forced to converse through, uh, you know, digital means, or at the very least, they've gotten a taste for it. You know, yeah, things are calming down now, at least in the in the U.S. So fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, um, but uh, I think that is probably you know, and again, that's only the last two years. That's mm-hmm. that's probably done wonders to kind of like move us forward in a direction to where that stigma kind of, you know, gets moved aside. Uh, one thing that isn't considered is like mobile games. A lot of players, a lot of people um, who even don't consider themselves gamers uh, play on mobile. Yeah. Massive, massive, incredibly uh, large market, yeah. way larger than, than PC even. Um, it's, uh, and that's like the, the hidden gamer, right? That's the gamers who don't know they're gamers. Uh, yet they're also like, you know, sending uh gifts on farmville or whatever you know gotcha game is uh, is around now uh yeah. to you know their friends or whatever like trying to, to rope them into a you know so that they can progress their stuff yeah it's everything is is interconnected and it's uh it's exciting and scary and who knows how it'll be in just two years from now amen couldn't put any better myself well rel thank you for taking the time to talk with me about outfit wars planet side and life it's always so enjoyable uh, I get to talk to you. I love being here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it again. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Look forward to it. Thanks, Ralph. Word. See you.